When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. We've got Chloe Dalton with us till 8 o'clock and it's a great um, opportunity to relive Tokyo, relive Rio. So, Chloe, we've seen tonight uh, and today, obviously, Australia defending that gold medal, 48-0 win over Japan earlier today, and then a 26-10 uh, pretty comfortable win over China, although they conceded the first and the last tries in that. Um, rank number two coming into this. Well, let's go back to Rio. Can you remember where you were when you heard that Rio Rugby Sevens were on? It's Rugby Sevens is going to be at the Olympics. I was actually playing a different sport at that point in time. So I grew up playing basketball um, and was playing in the WNBL. And I was, when I look back to when I was a little kid and, and talking about the Kathy Freeman moment, I was seven years old when she, she won gold uh, mm-hmm. in Sydney. And I, in that moment when I was seven, I said, I want to win my very own Olympic gold medal. And I was, I was playing in the WNBL and sitting on the bench a lot of the time doing a fair bit of Patty Mills well, towel that's, waving. That's another, that's another sport you're good at. This is getting really <laughs> annoying. I don't know who that Chris, Chris <laughs> bloke you had in commentating the boomers. Chris Ancy, <laughs> yeah. We... <laughs> Sorry, Chris, your services are no longer required. <laughs> um, but spent a fair bit of time on the bench and I guess I had to be a little bit realistic about the fact that an Olympic gold medal playing for the Opals, I was a little bit of a way off. If I was playing uh, in the WNBL, it wasn't getting a whole lot of minutes. So I actually... Who were you playing for? Playing for the Sydney Uni Flames. Yep. I went on to Google and I I typed in list of Olympic sports. Yeah. And I had a look. I looked at triathlon because I was pretty good at cross country as a kid. I wasn't bad on a bike, but I sucked at swimming. So I was like, scrap that. (laughs) I looked at like taekwondo, but I thought I was a bit late in life. I think I was 19 at this point in time. Sure. And then I saw that Rugby Sevens was going to be in the Olympics for the very first time in Rio in 2016. And I'd grown up in a rugby family. I'd watched my older and younger brother play um, representative rugby. And, but, but I always thought that girls didn't play rugby. I didn't think it was a possibility. So I went down. I called my, my coach at my local club, went down to my local beach, learned how to tackle on the beach, kind of worked my way up, played a season with my local club, 15-a-side rugby. Um, after a couple of months of, of training, a big part of it was getting out in the backyard with my two brothers who are about probably about 100 kilos each, six foot three, six foot four. I found every yeah. piece of protective equipment I could find, headgear, shoulder pads or a helmet as you'd call it at, uh, here in Melbourne, uh, mouth guard, anything. And I just told my brothers to run at me because I thought if you're going to learn how to tackle, that's probably a good way to do it. I can only imagine how the first few collisions <laughs> unfolded, but please. Not well. I couldn't move my <laughs> neck for about a week. Were, were your parents watching this? Mum, um, in the early stages, struggled a little bit with the idea of her daughter playing rugby. Um, did your brothers, like, how long did it take you to convince your brothers to fully go at you? I think that took a while. It yeah. was even the idea that 
I was kind of coming into their space was a little bit weird too. Like for so long it had been a male-dominated sport and it was mm. a little bit weird for my brothers to get used to this idea that their sister was like coming down to their local club and, and trying to play a bit of rugby as well. So I think that kind of took them a little while to get their heads around it. But once they started to realise that I was pretty serious, like when I set my mind to something, I'm pretty stubborn about a- achieving it. So I think they knew that I was pretty serious about it and they were incredible. Like we'd throw thousands of reps of passes in the backyard at the wall and, and they would just run at me over and over again until I learned how to tackle properly. How long did it take? Oh, look, it's still probably a work in progress now. <laughs> So from the backyard with the brothers in one season of 15s, what happened next? So I was selected in the New South Wales Sevens team to go and play at the National Sevens competition. Um, I how, how did they find you? Like, so did you hear about tryouts? Was it did yeah. they come and watch you? What how, were you I, scouted? I heard about tryouts from um, the guy who was coaching my local team, and and I still remember going to the first training for the New South Wales team and I just felt so out of my depth like full imposter syndrome I was like this is I'm not meant to be here like this is this is too ambitious um and there was a coach there at the time who kind of broke everything down for me in basketball terms and made it a little bit easier for me to understand what I needed to do out there and and gradually just picked up the game and I remember it at that very first nationals that I was playing for New South Wales they put me out on the wing because if you're new in sevens it's kind of just an easy place to put you mm. And I was up against the best player in the world at that at that time, one of my teammates, Emily Cherry, who's an exceptional rugby player. She ran circles around me all day long. Yep. Um, but the Australian coaches were there and scouting and they must have seen something in my lanky legs that they thought was a bit <laughs> of potential there. Um, and from, yeah, so from there I was scouted and invited to a couple of camps to play some trial games against Japan. Played some games there and, and after a few months I was invited to join the Australian squad on a full-time basis to prepare for the Rio Olympics. So just refresh our memory what year it was that you said when you Googled Olympic sports. That was year what? I think it was the beginning of 2014. (laughs) That is extraordinary. (laughs) Googling Olympic sports that are happening in two years' time and then ending up there. It was way too ambitious, I think. I mean, it worked. (laughs) You think? (laughs) This is phenomenal. I, I... I am hearing this for the first time and I'm blown away uh, and I'm incredibly impressed. Um, So can you remember when you got told that you were going to go to Rio? Yeah, that was... um, I almost get emotional thinking about that. That was such a special moment because it felt like... Even though I hadn't been playing for such a long period of time, I think I felt like I'd worked my whole life towards that point. And it was like, because I'd had this childhood dream and I knew how badly I wanted to reach that point, being selected for the team to have even a chance at winning a gold medal felt like it was such a huge step on that journey. So being able to celebrate that with my teammates who were heading over to Rio as well was really special. We're going to take a break and come back because we're going to skip forward to heading over the opening ceremony and then relive the group stages because the other side of this is it's the first time ever that Rugby Sevens has been at an Olympics. And we're up to the point where you're in Rio, you get off the plane, opening ceremony. Chloe, what are your memories? Well, the probably the most disappointing part was we didn't actually get to go to the opening ceremony. We played on day one oh, for three of the competition. Too. So we decided amongst the group and amongst the staff, there's a lot of talk about the fact that before you walk out, um, into the stadium for the for the opening ceremony, you have to spend a lot of time marshalling almost in the tunnel and they just thought that yep. amount of time spent on our feet 
I was devastated. Yeah. Because that's such a huge part of it. Like watching it as a kid, I loved seeing Australia walk out for the opening ceremony. So I felt like I was really missing out on a, a very iconic part of the Olympics. I understood the decision that we needed to prepare for the games the next day. But did you argue the point of it? Did you did you give the counter view? I tried. I didn't push <laughs> it too hard because I knew that the gold medal was probably a higher priority at that point in time. Yep. So the group stages, and I've just got the uh, the schedule up uh, from that tournament. So you're drawn in a group with Fiji, the United States and Colombia. Uh, and in your points for and points against, your group stage finished at 101 points for and just 12 against. You were absolutely dominant. Um, and But a draw with the United States. Um, what were your memories of the group stages? I've actually got a good story about that game against the USA. So we were down and the siren went, um, but we managed to score a try after the siren. So the score was 12-10. We were down to the USA. At that point, we'd previously won both games against Fiji and Colombia. So we knew that we were through to the quarterfinals. But depending on the result of that match against USA, it might have changed where we ended up with our lineup in the quarterfinals. We didn't want to come mm. up against rivals New Zealand too early. Our coach at the time, Tim Walsh, had done a lot of scenarios in the lead up to that game around preparing us for high pressure events. So we'd be at training and he'd get almost a tunnel of our players and I'd have to take a conversion from a point. He'd say, we're playing against Spain. The score's seven, five, got to kick it or five all, you got to kick it to win or something along those lines. And the girls would stand there and yell at me as loud as possible and try and put me off. So he kind of loved- They say nasty things? Well, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> a little bit nasty, but he loved putting us in these scenarios to yeah. prepare us for those pressure moments. But I didn't think he would actually do it at the Olympics themselves. So I'm lining up to take this kick to try and draw the game against USA. And Craig Twentyman, who was our, our water boy at the time, the strength and conditioning coach, comes out to me with a message. And he says, well, she says, pretend it's for the gold medal. And I was like, why would you put any more pressure on me <laughs> than I already have to make this kick? But thankfully, kicked it, drew the game, and we took top of the pool heading into the quarterfinals. So... The first half just expiring, by the way. New Zealand and Great Britain in the women's rugby sevens. Great Britain with a 21-12 to 12 lead. Yeah, that's a that's a really big upset in the first half. I, I believe Great Britain have scored the first three tries and New Zealand have come back with two late tries in the first half. New Zealand are the number one ranked team mm. in the world at the moment. So that's a huge half of rugby from the Great Britain team. They won their first group game today, uh, did New Zealand pretty comfortably. So this is a, a much sterner test. Um what did it mean to you? Because the, the, the question I probably should have asked before that is, you, you, it's been a whirlwind two years. You've had to learn basically in the build-up to an Olympics how to play the sport. You get selected. When you got into that first match and in that group stage, how long did it take you to feel like, okay, I belong? Or was that the moment where you felt like, okay, I belong? I think there was probably points in the lead up to that. We were the world champions in 2015-16 season leading into Rio. Mm. Um, and thankfully by that point in time, I'd actually earned my spot in the starting seven. So I was able to play a lot of minutes in the lead up to Rio. And I think that really helped me with that sense of confidence and feeling like I belonged out there. And, and because I was the kicker, I also felt like I was able to contribute a lot to the team from that uh, capacity. I... Um, yeah, I think then heading into Rio, there was there were still elements where I'd, I'd idolise these athletes as a kid who had been to four Olympics and had contributed so much to their craft. So there was still this element where I felt like I wish I had more time playing this game. Yep. And I think that was that's also this sense of disappointment I feel about not being in Tokyo at the moment is, is I felt like 
I kind of wanted another chance to to go again and perform on that world stage mm. um, with with what I've been able to do in the past five years to build up to that as well. Explain the atmosphere of Rio because from anyone that's been over there and like all Olympics, every Olympics is different, but this was on a different level because it, obviously it's 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 a vibrant, it's it's a it's a noisy place, but. In and amongst packed stadiums and things like that, there was also a bit of resentment from local people about the money that was being spent on something like the Olympics when there's a lot of the country that is in poverty and things. So there was a there was an element of um, backlash to it. Did you feel that at any stage, or what was the atmosphere like for you guys? I think the way that it's set up in terms of our travel between the village and our training locations and the village to the playing grounds, mm. we're almost in a little bit of a bubble away from that. Um, so I think you're definitely aware of it in terms of what you're seeing and hearing in the media. But for us, we talked a lot about, we had a bit of a social media blackout in the week leading up to our game. So we kind of tried to to distance ourselves from a lot of that noise as well. So for us, the experience playing in Rio in front of a crowd like that was awesome. I think the biggest... How, how loud was it? It was it was pretty loud. The Brazilians can make a fair bit of noise. Um, and the coolest part was because they wear that yellow and green kind of colour, mm. my brothers um, up in the stands decided to adopt them as Australian fans once Brazil had been knocked out of the Rugby Sevens. So we suddenly had a few thousand more fans wow. cheering for the Aussie Sevens team. So let me ask you this. Uh, you played uh, in the grand final for Carlton in the AFLW uh, at Adelaide Oval, about mm-hmm. 50, 53,000 people there. Yeah. What was louder that day at Adelaide Oval or Olympics? I think... The family and friends in the crowd at Rio would have tried to be that loud, but I don't think you could beat the 53,000 at Adelaide Oval. So you get through the group stage and you've managed to avoid New Zealand. So they're on the other side of the draw. So you weren't really troubled again uh, up until the gold medal match. You you breeze past Spain 24-0, 17-5 Canada easily accounted for. But then you're up against New Zealand. Now, New Zealand, and for those listening in New South Wales, Queensland, just anywhere in Australia, know that rugby and any derivative of it is is a religion. It is the nas- it is the national pastime. Rugby is it in a bit. It is the be-all and end-all. A bit of rugby league as well, which is making some ground. But rugby is the heart and soul of New Zealand. Yeah, it really is. And we had prepared for months and months and months leading up to this moment. Uh, we prepared for a lot of different scenarios, but I think we all knew that this is probably what it was going to come down to in Rio, that we would face New Zealand in the gold medal match for the inaugural gold medal. Leading up into that game, uh, the coach of New Zealand actually was was published in an article saying that the Australians don't like contact. They shy away from contact, so that's where we're going to attack them in this game. And our coach, Tim Walsh, uh, had had a printout of the article and actually stuck it up on the wall in our change room and he said to us, go and read that. And every single one of us went and read it and it, and it just fueled this fire that, that was already existing because of this rivalry that we had with New Zealand, but we knew that we needed to go out there and, and play with a lot of physicality and, and, and prove him wrong in a sense. And I loved this description of us when we were standing there singing the anthems uh, before we played in that gold medal match that... They talked about Australia. We, we looked quite calm and relaxed in comparison to New Zealand who looked quite nervous and, and almost on edge. And I think that, that showed in our performance out there. We had a few mistakes, as you'd probably expect, from such a high-pressure moment. But I think overall we, we managed to, to dominate the game and, and come away with that win. So from my recollection, Charlotte Kaslick scores the first try 
for you guys. Uh, no, scores the first try. Um, and then, as you mentioned, mistakes come. Uh, no, sorry, it was Emma Tonegato who scored the opening try uh, of the gold medal game. And she had seven tries to the tournament. So did Charlotte. So she's Emma scores the first try. Do you remember, though, whenever Nia scored the go-ahead try? Yeah, I do. It was off. Um, it was off a penalty. Uh, I think we got a turnover at the breakdown, and and Varney is just an exceptional player. Um, she's I, Varney, sorry. Yeah, she's an exceptional player. She's the way she runs with the footy. She's so strong. She loves fending people off, and I think that was a a really big moment. Um, after Emma's try, we we knew that we were we were doing well, but New Zealand had already hit back with a try as well. So I think Varney's one started to help us feel like we're a little bit more in control. We were speaking about the go-ahead try that got you guys in front and then a 24-17 win. Describe the moment when you knew you'd won gold. I describe that moment as a feeling of relief. It was really interesting watching Jess Fox today because I feel like it was that similar feeling. And I've actually since heard a couple of other athletes say the same thing. I I always thought that winning a gold medal would feel elation and joy and, and all of these other emotions, but it just was this real sense of relief, like that childhood dream has come true. Um, it was so special. We, like, after kind of jumping on each other, we were all on the ground, but we all stood in a line and, and linked arms um, as teammates and and Alicia Quirk, one of my teammates, had the Australian flag. And, and we started walking in a line towards our family and friends who were standing up in the stadium. And then we started running towards them. And, and one by one, we kind of broke off. And and I got lifted up into the grandstand by my brothers. And, and my mum and dad were there and my cousins and, and all of these people that had been a huge part of my sporting journey throughout my whole career. And, and there's one of uh, my favourite photos of all time that I love to compare. There's a photo when I was at the National Cross Country in Canberra when I was 11 years old and every single person in that photo of, of my cousins and aunties and uncles and mum and dad and brothers were all there in Rio with me celebrating that gold medal. Wow. And it was just so beautiful to be able to recognise and thank them for the contribution that they'd made to my sporting career and, and the way that they had been there the, every step of the way, whether it was a local competition or playing at the Olympics for a gold medal. It was it was really emotional and, and so special having them there for that moment. How did you celebrate? Uh, we, the weirdest part was we had to go so quickly back into the change rooms after playing rugby sevens, one of the highest intensity sports, and put a full track suit on. So it was like stuck <laughs> to our bodies. A little sauna suit, yeah. <laughs> yeah for, um, for the medal presentation. And so got up, got up onto the podium and, and did all that and then ended up on my brother's shoulders and there were beers everywhere. It was, it was a great night. So we all ended up back at, back at one of the hotels having a pretty solid celebration. And you got to go to the closing ceremony after yes. having to miss the opening. Yes, I felt like we earned that one. It was pretty cool. It was, it was pouring with rain, so we all had ponchos on but got to kind of dance, try all these different Brazilian outfits on. It was, it was a great night. And did you get to hang around for the for the second week? Yeah, that was one of my favourites. I absolutely, I got to go and watch Usain Bolt win his hundred, which was exceptional. The same night that Wade Van Niekerk broke the record in the four hundred meters, that was that was very cool. Got to um, sneak in and watch a few other uh, Aussie athletes doing their thing as well. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much uh, for being here tonight. We're going to have you back on during the course of the Women's Rugby Sevens campaign, but we had a free hour where there was, uh, and thankfully, that no Aussie event. So this has been wonderful to spend the hour with you. It's an incredible story, Chloe. Thanks for sharing it with us. Thanks so much, Sam. I've loved having a chat. Uh, it's been brilliant.
Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.